0: Welcome to Click Treat Repeat. This is a horse focused podcast discussing positive reinforcement training, equine management and welfare, and other horse related topics. So let's get started. We decided to begin our discussion of body language by discussing the recent events that occurred during the Olympics, including the abuse during the pentathlon.
1: Did you watch the video
0: of the actual writer yet? Because I'm very much struggling to do that. Yeah, I watched clips of it, but I haven't watched like the full video. And I probably should, but I'm also struggling a little bit. I feel like I need to because it's important, but it just hurts. It really does. And it's just so much going on. Like I was reading that the horse Saint Boy was already ridden previously and had refused three times during the previous ride, which is already pretty bad. And if they refused four times, right. they get pulled out of the competition. So he was like one away from the arbitrary number where he would have been pulled out, which is just, I don't know. It just seems like an arbitrary thing. Like they're fine if they refuse three times. If they refuse four times now, they're not fine. Yeah,
1: that's weird. I kind of wish he would have refused a fourth time for his
0: sake. Yeah. I mean, I think he definitely refused, it looked like he refused more than four times during the, you know, the famous one that everyone has been talking about, although I didn't watch the full video, so I'm not sure.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. And it sucks for that horse too, because the amount of trigger stacking he was probably dealing with is insane.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I was hearing that he looked pretty anxious and wound up before they even started so even just in like the I guess the warm-up time he had already gotten pretty wound up that does not help yeah (laughs) that's just it's too much yeah I mean it definitely is and I think it's like I'm glad that the coach got thrown out for punching the horse but to be honest in the short clip that I watched that seemed like the least violent thing which is crazy because I mean that's pretty terrible and pretty violent but with everything else that was going on like that didn't even seem like the you know the main part of it. yeah.
1: I don't really know if the writer got much backlash either and obviously she was involved
0: she was on the horse. yeah I mean online I would say she is. (laughs) yeah for sure yeah at least from like positive reinforcement communities and people like that but then there are those news articles of course where they're talking about how the horse was just being stubborn and causing chaos or whatever (laughs) yeah that horse is just so awful i just i don't see how people can (laughs) think that and i've heard a lot of people saying too like Clearly, if the horse is refusing to jump, there's a problem and there's something going on. And that's probably true. But honestly, even if it's not true, even if the horse just doesn't want to jump and doesn't feel good jumping that day for no other reason other than that, the horse just doesn't want to. I feel like that's a kind of a reason enough. Like if the horse is just not willing that day for whatever reason, that should be enough to say like, okay, something's clearly just, you know, this isn't working right now.
1: Right. I mean, it could even just be the environment. That's a big place to be for any horse. So I can't imagine that they would ever really feel comfortable doing that unless they were set up for it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And most of those horses, I guess, probably except for the ones from Japan had to get blown over there, which in itself is already a big deal, which I mean, those high competition horses are probably somewhat used to it. But I don't think that's really anything a horse could ever get too used to because it just seems very scary.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of stress for an animal that's supposed to kind of live in the same area their whole life.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I also thought, I don't know if you saw the ride um, by Shane Sweetnam where I don't know as I was watching it I just kept thinking like this can't get any worse than it is right now and then it just kept getting worse and worse I believe that was in the um, team show jumping rounds and he's the one who ended up both he and his horse actually falling Um, and then when he got up he didn't even really like check on the horse like he might have glanced over at the horse but he pretty much just like stormed out of the arena and just like left the horse which I get it's good to give the horse its time and space to calm down after a fall and everything, and it appeared to be sound and everything, but I still just, I don't know, that whole situation and him not stopping was just kind of really not good. Yeah, I feel like
1: there's a big lack of partnership in the competitions that high up right now
0: yeah definitely and i think with the teams it's hard because people don't want to stop and drop out because if they don't finish then their team as a whole gets disqualified so there's so much pressure on them i mean there's pressure even on the individual but especially on the team you really don't want to ruin that for the other team members
1: yeah i can understand why he'd be frustrated but at the same time i feel like it should be your first instinct to check on the horse too
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, regardless of the circumstance, he has that responsibility to check on the horse. But I do also feel like it's a flaw with the way that, you know, that event was set up with the teams. I just don't think that's really made to be a team type of sport, or at least if it is, I don't think it should be like so reliant on every horse finishing the course. I haven't
1: watched that, so I don't really know too much about it, but I can't imagine how show jumping would be a team
0: event it doesn't really make sense to me yeah i mean i don't know a ton about it because i only watched bits and pieces of it but i believe there are three riders on each team and basically the faults for each person are like added together Um, and then the team with the fewest faults at the end of it would be the one that wins and Sweden won with their barefoot horses, which was really cool, but um, there were also a lot of terrible things happening during that. So <laughs> I mean, at least it's
1: something, it's one step forward.
0: Yeah, no, it's really cool to see barefoot horses competing like that. To be honest, I didn't even think I would see that. So I'm, I was a little surprised, but very impressed by it, even though it obviously still wasn't perfect. I've been seeing barefoot
1: a lot more in shows in general like I've seen a few in racing over the past couple years and
0: I've seen a lot more bit less bridles too which is really cool to see wow that's great I would love to see more of that I mean I feel like I don't pay attention much to competitions in general so I feel like that's why I haven't seen it as much I think the last like big competition that I paid attention to before this was um I went to like Rolex or Land River Kentucky three day event in 2018 and I like you know watched it and I was like into photography then so I was taking photos and stuff, but it was just not great and like I saw Marilyn Little's horse with the blood in her mouth and everything and I actually snapped some photos of it so that was I mean I I was just like yikes this is really bad so kind of ever since then I haven't really like paid attention Mm -hmm. but
1: I really try not to, but my whole Facebook feed is pretty much just horse and dog people. So oh my gosh. it does come up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I see a lot of like tweets, but I don't necessarily see any like images or any like really um, deep information about it. Thankfully, I mostly
1: just see things that are steps in the right direction and not so much the abuse, but <laughs> I do see that sometimes, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's just so rampant in the horse world. You can't really stay away from it if you're, you know, involved in those things online. It just kind of comes up everywhere. Yeah, no matter what
1: like group you're in of horse people, it's gonna come up at some point.
0: Well, yeah, I just think that's kind of an important thing to talk about, like with what's going on in the Olympics, just because it's, I don't know, such a big thing. And I think it is such a widespread problem that happens like even outside of the Olympics. But this is like one of the first times that I've seen like communities actually come together to do something about it and to speak out about what's happening. So I think it's really useful to kind of contribute to that and make sure that it's being brought to everyone's attention what's happening. Yeah I agree.
1: It sucks that everything's happening the way it is but it's also good because it's drawing attention to it and hopefully that means we'll make some improvements.
0: We'll see. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I hope so. I know the writer, um, Annika Schlu, or however you say her name, she um, was saying basically she didn't think that it was abuse and she didn't think that anyone else in that situation would have done anything differently. And like, obviously, that's just ridiculous because it was clearly abuse and seems like most people can recognize that. But at the same time, I do kind of think she's right that a lot of people would do that in that situation, which is terrible. But I think hopefully seeing it called out publicly to people who would do that might start to realize like, oh, hey, maybe this isn't what I should be doing with my horse. Right.
1: Coming from a more traditional background, I can see how it would be desensitized to her for her to think that it's a normal thing. So I don't think she's lying, but I hope that she decides to move forward and improve on
0: that. Yeah, I hope so too, especially because it can be hard with everyone kind of hating on her, which I get why they're hating on her. Um, But I think it's hard sometimes to not shy away from all of that criticism and just keep doing what you're doing. So hopefully she will be able to kind of learn from it. I hope so. Yeah. Okay. So, body language, I guess that's like our actual topic. (laughs) Yeah, but it ties in though, so it's okay. It definitely ties in. There was a lot of terrible body language in the Olympics, <laughs> even like in the dressage, yeah. like so many horses just uncomfortable and you know behind the vertical and hollow and just, uh just not not good there really either. I mean, some were the, beautiful the eyes, were good, but, oh yes, <laughs> the eyes are what get me. Yeah, I know one question that. Multiple people had um on Instagram when I was asking about questions about body language which was about the ears. People were asking specifically um how to tell, I guess, when there is a backwards turned ear, how to easily tell if it's like pinned or if they're just listening behind them. Um and I do agree that like sometimes that can be a little bit tricky to know if they're like really kind of giving you a signal with that or if they're just kind of listening. So I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? I feel like an
1: actual pinned ear is pretty flat on their head compared to when they're just listening like a listening ear is a lot more relaxed and kind of just turned backwards at least that's what I've
0: seen yeah I definitely agree with that and I also think like a good kind of way to tell is like if you see other signals like there don't have to be other signals for that yeah. signal, but I think like commonly you would see other signals so I think that can also be a clue to tell if it's like, you know, some type of communication or if they're just, you know, happening to have their ear that way or listening.
1: Right. It's the same way, way where like a horse will yawn, but it's not always stress. Like sometimes I'll just walk into the pasture and I'll see one of them yawning. I'm nowhere near them. But if other things are going on, I can probably say that it's a stress sign.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That is one I think could be commonly misunderstood. And like eating too, I feel like like a lot of horses will eat as a calming signal, but then obviously eating is just like a biological function too and something that horses just, you know, do most of the day. So that's really hard to tell yeah, yeah. if that's like a signal or if they're just doing it. I know like when I'm at work, the horses will want to stop and eat a lot and I feel bad because I'm like, I feel like they're, you know, show a calming signal, but I kind of have to keep walking them. So I feel bad, but... Yeah, I think it depends on
1: how they're eating too. Like I'll see horses that are dive bombing the grass and ripping it out of the ground really fast. And I think that's normally more a stress sign or calming signal than a horse just calmly grazing. I mean, it really depends on the context and everything kind of does, which can be unfortunate
0: because it makes it tricky sometimes. Yeah, that's definitely, that's also a really good point. I know Meanie does that a lot. She really kind of dives at the grass and she does have a more anxious and stressed temperament, whether that's you know natural or due to um, you know, her, if she has some type of medical condition going on. Regardless, she is a lot like that and she's very frantic with grazing, whereas like Wren and Tiny are more slow and just kind of take their time. So I definitely have noticed that with my horses.
1: I'm trying to think of what other questions I got, but it was more just what people have heard about things.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I did get some of those too. Um, interestingly, I had one person comment something that was not necessarily like explicitly body language, but they said the invisible connection that we can consciously tap into. And I thought that was interesting because it kind of like describes body language overall, like even though body language isn't really invisible, um, it is something that, I don't know, it kind of does feel magical. Cause like, I don't know, when I started Mm with horses, I like barely knew anything about body language. And so like learning it and actually being able to tell how they're feeling, it does feel kind of like, you know, magical. And so I thought that was kind of an interesting comment. Yeah, I like that a lot. And
1: I feel like when you're actually listening, you do feel a sort of connection to them.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Oh, yeah, I wanted to ask you, um, what do you think about, like, humans using body language or calming signals, like, to specifically communicate with their horse in a specific way, like, almost mirroring what the horse does, like, um, for example, approaching, like, instead of straight, approaching in an arc so that the horse is um, not alarmed, like, what do you think of those type of things? Do you think that humans can communicate with horses like that? Or do you think that horses wouldn't interpret it the same way? That's
1: a really hard question for me, (laughs) because I think it kind (laughs) of depends. And that's kind of always the answer. (laughs) But the book I'm reading now, it's called horse speak. And it's actually all about using horses body language yourself to communicate with them. At least that's what it's been so far, when I've been reading it. But I think some calming signals they can probably understand and interpret even from a human doing it like if you turn your body away you're saying you're not a threat or if you approach and retreat you're saying you're not a threat like that kind of stuff but I don't think all of it necessarily they would understand
0: yeah that makes sense and I think that's probably true one thing kind of related to that that I thought was interesting was um in language signs and calming signals of horses Rachel Dreisma says that Horses actually display calming signals towards like inanimate objects and like all sorts of like living creatures as well, like not just other horses. And it really kind of surprised me about the inanimate objects. Like I get why, but because it's like a calming signal for themselves, like also toward another thing. And that can even be displayed toward an, an, an inanimate object, but I was still just mm-hmm. kind of surprised by that.
1: I never even thought about that, but I have seen it before because we've had like farm equipment in the pastures or at Wonder's first barn, there was a tractor in the barn for a while and he would like snort at it and kind of look away. And he definitely gave some calming signs there. I just didn't recognize it then, but I have seen it with an inanimate object. So that's interesting now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs>
0: wow yeah that's cool that you've seen that i'm sure i've seen it too but i feel like i just didn't really like register it because i'm just like oh whatever they're just scared of that object but i didn't really think of it like that right i didn't either so i'm glad you brought that up yeah i thought that was really interesting i didn't remember it from the first time i read through the book but when i was just skimming it again i saw it and i was like oh wow that's really interesting (laughs) yeah that is I got a lot of
1: comments on licking and chewing, which doesn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me either, although I didn't get any on that.
1: (laughs) I got one saying it means the horse is calm, but that they know they're skipping over the fact that it's usually a stress signal. Uh, Someone said a sign of release during massage, but can also be a calming signal. I think I got one more. Yeah. Someone else said it means they're processing and learning from what happened, which is what I hear most commonly from instructors and other horse people I've had in my life.
0: Yeah, I think that's what I hear most commonly too. And I mean, like I think we briefly touched on in the last episode, I think it's definitely more of a stress signal than that definition um, really portrays. But I also do kind of see why people view as kind of like a calming down signal if you're working on your or working with your horse in like high arousal and high stress environments if they're going from like full out stress signals to licking and chewing like I do think that can be a step down um so I, I guess I kind of see like why people might think that but I don't think it should be like the goal to have like you know that be the calm state because that's not fully calm Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And
1: I don't know, it's interesting because the one person said it can be a release during massage, which I have seen too, but I also wonder if that's in a way sort of from stress too because I mean massage is painful. It feels good after, but it's painful during.
0: So that's yeah. interesting
1: to me too.
0: That is really interesting. I've actually only ever seen a massage done once. I've never had it done on my horses. I would like to. But I never have and the only time I saw it was at where I work and I wasn't really like watching closely, it was just I was like cleaning the stall across the aisle and they were in there. um, across the aisle with the horse giving it the massage and the horse definitely like didn't seem super like thrilled about getting the massage, but I do think it's like you said, one of those things where afterwards they feel better, but in the moment it is kind of like a stressful potentially painful process. I've had massages on mine.
1: Phoenix had it once and Wonders had it twice, which I should do it more often, but it's just hard to find the time to honestly, (laughs) but it is important. I think body work should be done more, but when they both got their massages, there was a lot of licking and chewing and yawning and dropping their heads, cocking their hoof, like all the stuff that you would normally see in a stress situation. So I don't know. If it is stressful in the moment and that's why it happens, I'm not really sure.
0: Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I also wonder if it could be like, I don't know, even just confusing and different for horses that don't have it regularly or haven't had it much in the past. Like, I don't know, I feel like they're used to when there's a stranger touching them, it maybe being like a vet or something. So I don't know, there could just be some like emotional hesitation towards it too. I'm not sure, but I do think that. Um, My horses don't necessarily see a ton of people and they're not nervous of strangers or anything like that, but I do think it could be a little strange if like someone came like, you know, another, like if I wasn't doing it myself, but I do kind of want to learn the Masterson method and try and do some basic stuff with that on my horses and see how they like it.
1: I do too. I need to look into it more, but it sounds interesting and like most horses really enjoy it. So I'd be interested in learning some of that too.
0: Yeah, hopefully they'll have like a clinic or something nearby and I can just go. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, I think I learn much better from like being able to go and see it than just from a video.
1: Yeah, I love learning from books and videos and courses and stuff, but I feel like I also learn a lot better when I'm hands-on and there in the moment.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree
1: i hope you enjoyed this episode of click treat repeat feel free to check us out on instagram at click treat repeat pod you can find jen at genuine equine and myself at bonafide.bt we upload new episodes every other monday and hope to see you then happy training